the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm Mark Howington, and with me, Angie Cecinia, Executive Director of the Latina Safe House. Angie, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. One of the things that we just want to start off talking about is your name implies Latina Safe House. You want to provide safety for Latinas in the Denver area. Yet, let's talk about why that's necessary. What's what's happening in our Latina uh, community here in the Denver area where perhaps your organization is helping what what kinds of needs are you meeting let's let's put a human face on what's going on in the latina community here in the denver area yeah that's a great question so uh to start off one in three latinas are survivors of domestic violence and what's important to note about domestic violence is it's such a a complex topic and it's still very much taboo to have conversations of, uh, around domestic violence and to seek services. Um, so at Latina Safe House, uh, in 2020, uh, we say that domestic violence was uh, is a another silent co-occurring pandemic. Um, there was a significant rise in the number of cases and in the severity of the cases that we've seen. Um, and so the the majority of the women and children that we work with, we also work with uh, men and gender non-conforming survivors. Uh, I use women and she, her pronouns because it's the majority of the survivors that we serve. Um, but we are an inclusive organization. And so uh, the majority are undocumented and have come to Colorado from other countries uh, in in pursuit of the American dream. And some have come with children. Others have been pregnant when they have arrived. Others came with the love of their life um, and were not expecting to then be survivors of domestic violence. Angie, let me um, let me just ask you real quick because obviously in the news, in fact, just pretty much daily now, we're we're hearing about what's going on at the border, and you mentioned a lot of folks who are coming across the border have this desire for the American dream, and yet for some, it's really turned into the American nightmare. What what is it that that puts them in this position? In the position to well, where they maybe are more susceptible to domestic violence, for example, is it is it just because as they come across the border, maybe they are not finding stable homes, 
what what is it that that makes it, in particular the Latinas more susceptible to domestic violence? Mm-hmm. So there's uh, that that's a really important question to dissect um, because there are a number of factors that do play a role when we think about domestic violence. Uh, we think about power and control, and what does it take for one person to have power and control over another? Uh, so then it, it, taking into account systemic oppression um, institutionalized forms of racism, uh, you take into account economic abuse and what that means, the uh, Latinas are at a higher risk of of falling victim to that power and control. I mean, for one, um, 100% of the survivors that we work with have faced economic abuse. Uh, and that doesn't take into account the fact that in 2020, Latina Equal Pay Day was on October 29th. Um, so there are already uh, a number of factors that put Latinas in a position where they may not have as much power and control as, as our counterparts. One of the things that, and I, as I phrase this question, I, I by no means mean disrespect and not trying to be racist at all, but there is this stereotype that Latinas kind of have, you know, more of, and I think think the same can be said for Italians too, I've heard, but can can maybe have more of a volatile temper. But yet that's, that's a very broad brush stereotype. It's, is is that maybe the case in the Latina community, or is it more because of the situations they find themselves in? And we're going to be talking, for example, about how you help Latinas find safe housing, and so that certainly can contribute to it. But maybe talk about the culture of the Latinas, and and is does that contribute maybe to some of the issue? No, not at all. In fact, I, I think that you hit it uh, on the head when you, you said that that's a stereotype. And that's actually one of the things. Uh, it's this stereotype and these also uh, misconceptions that oftentimes uh, lead to re-traumatization and triggering when Latinas seek services. Um, there is this tendency to point to machismo as an excuse or uh, stereotypes that we see in the media when that's that's not the case. So it's not that Latinos are more violent or have more of an explosive behavior or that Latinas are more submissive. Um, it's it's really it, it really boils down to these inequities, these social injustices and social inequities. Uh, and, and that's why we see higher rates. Um, We also see higher rates of discrimination when survivors, when Latinx survivors are seeking services. So, and I'm very happy, by the way, to to blow out the stereotype because I'm not sure, like you just said, that that's a real accurate picture of what's going on. So I think for our listeners in particular, we, we want to talk about ways that they can get involved with your organization. But I think before we do that, I think we, we need to continue to understand the issue that's at hand. And again, part of what you do at Latina Safe House is that you are helping, in particular, those who are victims of domestic violence. 
And you had mentioned that some are coming across the border seeking the American dream but not finding it. You mentioned some economic inequalities. Let's let's camp there for a moment. Talk about what happens to Latinas in particular, because that's what your organization uh, really is helping the Latina community. How is it that economic disparities can happen? So they, uh, oh, there, <laughs> that's a great question. There are a number of reasons why they happen and, and how they happen. Um, I mean, one example that I pointed out was Latina Equal Pay Day. And that affects um, Latinas who uh, either have uh, ITIN numbers, who are documented, who have social security numbers. Um, so even for uh, first-generation um, Latinas who are here in the U.S., uh, there is there are inequities when it comes to financial stability and financial independence. Um, and so when when you add on top of that that barrier of being undocumented um, for uh, victims of a crime here who have applied for a, a U visa, the time it takes for that to be processed so that a survivor can apply for a work permit, um, it, it makes it really challenging for survivors to have financial independence. And across the board, across all cultures uh, and and ethnicities, um, that financial barrier is actually the number one reason why survivors state that they remain in an abusive household um, because of uh, financial instability and and needing to have a place to stay and a place to live. And then homelessness, um, the number one reason for homelessness in women and children across all cultures is domestic violence. That's really a a shocking statement you just made. Angie Sassinia is the executive director of Latina Safe House, my guest here on Life in Colorado. Angie, we've talked a bit about the problem, and we might dive into that a bit more, but let's talk about the solution that you're providing, Latina Safe House. Uh, You're helping victims of domestic violence in particular find safe housing. How are you doing that? Um, so we have a an incredible team uh, of bilingual case managers and our community outreach officer um, and and volunteer advocates and uh, through the programs that we offer, we're assisting survivors. Um, we're assisting them in their journey uh, to really heal and find those resources. So we help with community navigation case management, advocacy. Um, But again, I I think that the beauty of the programs that we offer is that they're survivor-driven, so the survivor is the one who's in the driver's seat, and we are merely assisting them uh, in that journey. So let's, let's take this maybe from beginning to end. Let's say you get a call and a contact. In fact, even before we ask the question, let's go ahead and give your contact information. If someone, especially in the Latina community, is finding themselves a victim of domestic violence, how did they? How do they contact you for help? Uh, so they can call our twenty four seven bilingual crisis line. Uh, it's called Tu Comunidad, 
And that is, as soon as they call, they're connected to an advocate. Um, when they speak to an advocate, uh, they are then streamlined into different programs. Uh, right now, we have a wait list for our case management services. It's the first time since, um, since the start of our organization that we had to start a wait list because of uh, just the growing number of cases and the severity of the cases. Uh, so in December, we started a wait list. Um, but the 24-7 line is still available, and that number is 720-336-1664. Police survivor can call and can reach out for support, and then um, will be streamlined into La Fuerza de la Mujer, that is the strength of the woman to receive case management, uh, risk needs assessment, safety planning, identifying what their um, goals are in their healing journey, and finding ways to work together to be able to. Um, to fully reach those goals. And for, it, it looks different for each survivor. Some survivors call us when they're still living in that abusive household and they're not ready to leave or they've decided it's, it's not the right time uh, and they can still receive services. They can receive individual counseling, this case management, um, family counseling. So really our, our goal is to meet the survivor where they're at and to assist them in their journey. We can have some survivors who have um, who are ready to to move out or who have made that decision to move out. And so we will uh, do safety planning with that survivor since that's the most dangerous part of a survivor's journey and it's the part that uh, is oftentimes lethal is when a survivor is leaving. Um, and that goes back to power and control. The uh, abusive partner feels as though they're losing all power and control, and um, and then they go to more extreme measures. Uh, we've seen strangulation, homicide cases. Um, In fact, you you were telling me very recently here a very sad story about a woman who was murdered, and uh, her life was. You know, we talked about stereotypes earlier in our program. Here, her life was not at all the stereotypical. A victim. Talk talk about her. Yeah, so that Miss um, Hasmin Cigarroa, uh, she she was twenty four and um, was a few weeks out from receiving her master's degree, and that education um, is used as as an excuse sometimes, or uh, when we think of, of someone who is a domestic violence survivor, there's this this image that comes to mind and um, education is, is usually, or, or a lack of education is, is oftentimes included in that picture um, that as a society we paint. And that's just not the case. So we see domestic violence across all cultures, all education levels and socioeconomic statuses. Yeah, again, a sad story of, of someone who unfortunately got snared in that trap of domestic violence and unable to get out. So, again, let's turn to what you're doing at Latina Safe House. I can imagine picking up the phone and making that very first phone call 
could be very scary. So maybe, even though we're an English language station, could be that we've got somebody listening who maybe is not in a good situation and needs to get out of a domestic violence type situation. They're they're thinking about picking up the phone, but maybe they're just very nervous and and scared to do so. Talk about that first phone call. What what do you do maybe to to alleviate some of those fears and to help this this person out? Yeah. So we um we we start off by thanking the individual for calling, uh trying to see a mirror in order to show them their strength and be able to reflect that strength. And so it it takes a lot of strength and vulnerability um, to be able to pick up the phone and call and ask for support, uh, whether an individual has decided to leave or is still in that situation. Um, we are here to support them. And, and that's what we want to remind them is that um, they are strong and they are resilient and that uh, there is a community here to provide support and resources and they're in the driver's seat so if they don't want to report they don't have to if they don't want to leave they don't have to Um, we are we are simply here to assist them in that journey and to provide uh, proper resources and community navigation so let's give your number one more time for the Latina Safe House. If someone is listening right now and needs some help, who, who would they call? How would they call? Uh, so that is, it's called Tu Comunidad, Your Community. And it's a 24-7 community navigation line. And the number is 720-336-1664. And Angie, I'm just going to pause for a moment. And, and because even though yours is Latina Safe House, and I'm very happy that you're helping our Latina community. At the same time, I'm realizing that as an English language station, that there could be somebody listening right now who is not of Latina race. And so you may be suffering from domestic violence as well. And there's there's an 800 number that's a national domestic violence hotline for you. And that would be 800-799-SAFE. Again, 800-799-SAFE. Uh, if you're not of of uh, Latina nationality, but uh, Angie, again, give the number to the Latina Safe House. Yes, it is seven two zero three three six one six six four. And for the listeners, the National Domestic Violence Hotline, the one that you just gave, one eight hundred seven nine nine Safe. They also have a live chat at thehotline dot org. That's www.thehotline.org, and you can have a live chat with individuals in case it's not safe to speak or if you prefer to send a, a chat message. Thanks for that information. That's good. So let's talk about it. So now you've had that first phone call with a victim of domestic violence. What then steps do you take to help them get out of the situation? Yeah, so it... It really varies. Uh, It depends on the individual, on the survivor that we're serving. Um, Again, some may choose not to uh, leave that situation uh, or to try and uh, receive family counseling, and and others um, may want to leave and find emergency rapid rehousing. Um, So we can provide 
counseling services for the survivor, for her children, um, that family counseling. Uh, we can also provide direct financial assistance in those emergency cases where a survivor uh, needs to be re relocated to a safe space. So that can be in the form of a hotel voucher, an Airbnb stay, while they work with their case manager to find uh, stable housing. And then you mentioned to me that you are doing what's known as the Housing First model. Talk about that. Um, that's right. So we just launched uh, a new program called Mikasita, uh, My Home, and that is a domestic violence housing first approach. Uh, so we are able to provide a flexible financial support for survivors um, while they're trying to rebuild uh, their lives and, and heal. Um, so that can include uh, rental assistance, utility, transportation assistance, um, child care assistance, legal fees. It's, it's a survivor-driven, trauma-informed approach to heal. And it actually comes out of the state of Washington, the Washington Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Um, and the original pilot was funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. It was a 10-year study and they showed that if you provide financial support for survivors of domestic violence, uh, instead of having a shelter, you actually spend less per individual than if you had an emergency shelter. Um, and it also helps the survivor regain control of their life, um, and, and it helps them build that financial independence, improve uh, quality of life, feelings of safety for the survivor and her children. Uh, survivors are then able to focus on healing, behavioral health, since their priorities shift um, and they're no longer concerned about where they're going to sleep the next month or where they and their, and their children are going to get food from. Um, and so uh, we're able to help provide support for those basic needs. Um, studies have shown that uh, survivors it, it helps survivors in, in that healing journey. I think that's part of what you do as well when you told me that you also have a community education arm of your organization. Talk about community education and what your goals are for that. Yeah, so there, and then that, that's a great point. Um, our community education programs are trying to break this cycle of violence um, oftentimes, if you are raised in a uh, violent household, um, there are parts that are internalized um, and, and different coping mechanisms and different trauma associated with that, too. So we're trying to break this cycle uh, through community education. Um, and so we're actually partnering with Museo de las Americas and Art of Color. And from May 5th to August 21st, uh, there will be an exhibition at Museo de las Americas here in Denver um, called Somos. Uh, and that's really meant to highlight the how resilient survivors are, highlight the strength of uh, the Latina women and talk about domestic violence. And you also do community outreach. What what kinds of outreach do you do? 
Um, so we outreach to uh, different schools in the area. Um, we've been working with different Spanish and English news outlets too to try and get the word out. And we have an upcoming community education session on April 20th uh, to talk about immigration and uh, legal pathways for survivors of domestic violence um, to go over family law and immigration. So really, our, our goal is um, to partner with different community leaders so that we can reach more of the community and talk about Uh, this issue of domestic violence and how interconnected domestic violence is with other um, uh, with other issues in the community. And so we can't really talk about domestic violence without talking about that financial security um, and economic security. Yeah, it sounds like all of those issues get uh, interwoven together to create this bigger issue of of really safety which is part of the reason why you're called Latina Safe House. Angie, if you would, again, just give us your contact information. And again, this is, this is for anyone who feels like you're, you're kind of in this cycle of domestic violence, don't know how to get out, and Latina Safe House is there for you. So, Angie, what is, what is your number again? It is 720-336-1664. And just want to remind those who are listening who maybe are not of the Latina race that there is a national domestic violence hotline. That number is 800-799-SAFE. Again, 800-799-SAFE. They also have a chat feature at the hotline.org. And one more time, Angie, your number for the Latina Safe House. 720-336-1664. Angie Sassinia, Executive Director of the Latina Safe House. Thanks for being a part of Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.